Welcome to the Midlife Male Podcast, a podcast designed to help men maximize middle age and live healthier, wealthier, stronger, and happier. I am Greg Scheinman, and I'm inviting you to join the thousands of men who listen each week, receive my Midlife Male newsletter, and are committed to making this next phase of life our best phase. If you have not yet downloaded my No BS Guide to Maximizing Midlife, where I break down the three principles to maximizing middle age and taking back some of that shit you've given up, head on over to midlifemail.com forward slash no BS guide. Guys are loving these three principles to maximizing middle age, and you can download your copy today at midlifemail.com forward slash no BS guide. All right, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening to the Midlife Mail Podcast. I am grateful and appreciative that you are here joining us today. I am Greg Scheinman. I am your host of the show. Our goal here, Midlife Mail, maximize middle age, achieve a better quality of life, get back what matters most. I've had some incredible guests on the program. These guys are entrepreneurs, they are risk takers, they are husbands, they are fathers, they are innovators, they are athletes, they are chefs, they are musicians, they are authors, they are speakers. It's been amazing and today is no different. I am joined today by Mark Warren. He is the co-founder of Fit Vine Wines. They crush grapes so you can crush life. Fitvine was started by two friends looking to create great tasting wines that fit their lifestyle. What started off as an idea quickly took off among friends, family, and others. And Fitvine is for those who are looking for wines that were a better fit for their lifestyle, whatever that fit might be. I am somebody who prioritizes health and fitness and wellness. I'm also someone who does like to have a drink from time to time. And when I do, I am looking for the best in class products that are available. I had the opportunity to meet Mark years ago when I was competing back in the D10 Decathlon and Fitvine was at its inception. We were sampling the wines back then. They were at the early stages of building their business breaking into a highly competitive category. And what has transpired in the years since we first met is nothing short of remarkable. They are up to $40 million in sales. They are in over 25,000 retailers across the country. And Fit Vine Wine is a force to be reckoned with. Let's hear from Mark Warren this week on the Midlife Mail Podcast. Mark, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Well, listen, I am. I'm glad to have you. Um, I got a couple of places that I want to want to jump in and get our conversation going. But also now that you know, if you guys at home, you don't, you're not seeing the video right now. But we're able to see each other as I record these podcasts. We're recording the audio. But when I see things behind people in the background, I always like to ask them. Yeah, there too. Um, you've got this sign behind you. I can't read the whole thing. Never let the fear of striking, striking out, out. You from playing, playing the game. The game. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Give me the where, why, how this is behind you right now. 
you know, I mean, you can look into, uh, you know, I mean, Jordan was my guy to follow as a kid. You know, Michael Jordan was, uh, you know, always a, a driving force. And as you look into business and guys like Richard Branson, Elon Musk uh, and others that, you know, uh, and I forget the gentleman's name, the founder of the Dyson Vacuum. He's like, I didn't fail 3000 plus times. He's like, I succeeded on 3001. So it's, you know, uh, it, it was a driving force of just, you know, you, you can't win without trying. And, you know, if you fail at something, that doesn't mean that you necessarily fail. You just have to try a different approach. So, yeah. you know. I think it's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about that then. Um, your background, you know, the things that you've tried, what you've experienced along the way, you know, uh, in, in your journey to fit fine wine. And we'll get into where that is, you know, right now. Yeah, long, long journey. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of it was always based on uh, athletics and fitness. Uh, for a couple of decades, I was a martial artist, uh, competed nationally and internationally, tried to make the Olympic team. Um, as I got out of that and into my 30s, uh, trying to find something that was the same competitive nature, about 12 years ago, I found CrossFit. Uh, I think that's where you and I first crossed paths with the D10 because it was similar to what they were doing. But um, mm -hmm. and that's where you know, is, is I got back into competition. I was competing with CrossFit and getting older, uh, you know, looking at what I was putting into my body. You know, I started following guys like Mark Sisson and going paleo and, and trying to eat cleaner. But then it's, you know, you like to enjoy a cocktail. Well, what else was there there? You know, we drank a lot of wine, but as we started digging into it and realized that unfortunately, a lot of wines can be mass produced or produced incorrectly like food, that there's a ton of stuff in there that shouldn't be. That was kind of, you know, my business partner, Tom and I's mindset of could we create something that was a little healthier, a little cleaner, uh, that didn't have unnecessarily unnecessary things in it to enjoy a glass of wine as you're trying to, uh, you know, find ways to improve your life. You know, you want to enjoy a glass of wine on a Tuesday night. You shouldn't get up at 5 a.m., whether you're going to the gym, going to the office, you're a stay-at-home mom and feel like crap. You know, you should be able to enjoy something and not have that negative impact on your body. So that was kind of our initial driving force of, of trying to discover a way to create our own wine that, you know, fit our lifestyle. Mm. I mean, it's the, the notion of lifestyle, something you want to enjoy, keep in your life to I'm going to create a business, you know, around this. You know? mm -hmm. I've, I've had experience myself with trying to turn hobbies or passions, you know, into business. Um, and in particular areas where I've had no experience whatsoever, you know, or, or expertise. So I'm always interested in guys that are willing to kind of take that leap and say, look, I've got an idea. I'm going to go execute it. But we go martial artists. We go into, you know, kind of cross and fitness. We go into... I like to have a glass of wine to big leap into let's start a wine company, you know? Yeah. Right now. So Tom and I were both in tech before that. And we had started a small tech company that was a services company that we had sold. Uh, and really that was the driving force behind that was neither one of us could sit in a cubicle, <laughs> you know, and it was that, that drawn of driving to an office and, and sitting in a cubicle and sitting in a, in a traditional corporate structure, you know, five days a week, uh, was like, you know, caging a, a raw animal. So when we started that company, that was to not work with somebody else uh, to get out, but it was services and services are tough. You know, it's, it's a different approach to the consumer with services. And uh, once we got outside of that, we knew that 
you know, the next thing we wanted to do was a product, you know, selling product over services is a much different, uh, you know, customer engagement. And then we looked at, you know, we always were interested in wine and, you know, how that could tie in. But uh, it was a big leap to, to try and take something that we were more passionate about because it was more about how it tied into our lifestyle and to create a product out of that. And our only experience aside of years of bartending when we were in college or younger was just drinking it. We didn't have any experience in the wine industry or the alcohol industry. Uh, it is a very unique industry. You know, there's what's called a three-tier system. Uh, you know, unlike, you know, non-alcohol, you, you know, you sell direct to stores like Publix and Whole Foods and stuff. In the alcohol industry, you have to use a middleman. It's called the three-tier system. You have a state distributor. So it's a very different dynamic of having to really uh, put a lot of faith in a, in a group in between you and the end customer. And then again, the consumers walk into the store for growing a business. So it was a, a lot of challenges there and a lot of uh, regulations. I mean, alcohol is sold different state by state and it can even get down to county by county. So a lot of learning curves we had uh, going through the business. We feel like coming outside the business, it served us better than not. I mean, we've made plenty of mistakes, but not taking the traditional approach of growing the brand definitely gave us uh, gave us a, a, a head start on how to get this thing going. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I also like to touch on here is entrepreneurship is, is become a sexy thing, you know? Quitting your job, follow your passion, you know, has become kind of a kind of a sexy thing. You know, here we are, midlife male podcast, uh, talking to guys out there. And one of his, do I stay? Do I quit? Mm -hmm. Do I follow my passion? Do I not turn all of my hobbies into into business? You know, what what stage of life, you know, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? What's risky? What's too risky? What would lead to regret? You know, so putting all these things in in the bucket. Um, and what I hear from you is, you know, technology background, relationship with a partner and a friend, you know, that's there. When you sold, you know, from the tech, you know, deal, I'd love to kind of what stage of your life were you at? What age were you at? With you know, wife, kids, house, you know, like what was in that bucket for you that you had you and I had to sit down and talk about, go, can we actually do this? How much runway do we have? Do we need outside people? Because I get the why. I could talk to work with a lot of people and we were we get the why. I understand you're unhappy. I understand the why you want to move to something else. I understand you love this food or you love CrossFit and you want to open up a box, you know, and, and I did it. I opened up a rowing studio and all these other things. But let's talk about the how, you know, like yeah. what's the harsh reality of my having to come home and tell Kate, my wife, listen, honey, we're going to go drop X number of dollars into this gym that I think rowing is going to be the next spinning. You think Fitvine is going to be the next, you know, yeah, whatever it may be. And at least in my case, you're like, are you fucking nuts? You know, like, like by the way, Greg, like you have a career, like you, ha we have responsibilities, mm -hmm. and I just like to kind of bring in, you know, the real stories behind how the idea gets to execution and the conversations that people don't pay attention to when they just see results. They see Fitvine as a forty million dollar company, you know, right yeah. now, yeah, and then remember, you know, when we're sitting on the sidelines, you know, of a D ten track, going, you know, you know, hey, you want to try this? Yeah, and it is. It's, uh, you know, I'll say two parts to that. So one, it's 
you know, people think it's just sexy and it's, they, they see the result part of it and they're like, Oh, that's amazing. You, you know, it's, you must have a wonderful life. You get to travel around. It's like business travel. Anybody who says it's fun to travel around, you, you, you must have a great life traveling around for business has no idea what it's like traveling for business. I just got back from California. I was in and out of California in 36 hours. Uh, you know, that's not lovely. Um, you know, a good friend of mine, he's been building companies since he was 24. He's now 51. He's built and sold about 18 companies. And, you know, uh, it's taken a toll. You know, I mean, it's taken a toll on he is his family. You know, his wife has told me uh, <laughs> we were having dinner together a few weeks ago, the four of us, his wife and mine and he and I. And, and she's like, it's coming to an end. You know, the, this last one was pretty good sale. You, you know, you've got to find a way to start looking at something else. I mean, 25 years of entrepreneurship is a, a long journey. For, for us, with, with the wine, uh, we started, I was 36 when we sold um, Velocia, our, our tech company. I was recently divorced, uh, and, you know, I have two kids. My, my kids now are 15 and 20, so they were much younger. Uh, and, you know, starting a company post a divorce and add in finances, all that isn't great. <laughs> you know, so it was, we sold that in 2013. And we started Fitvine. I mean, we started the groundwork right away, but we didn't launch Fitvine until 2015. Uh, you know, I was, my wife's a doctor. We got married in 2016 and, you know, there was no payroll coming out of Fitvine. Uh, Tom and I didn't take a single penny for the first two and a half years. So, you know, it is, there's a lot of stressful things and, you know, and that's when kids are now, you know, my oldest was going into high school and I was, you know, going to an all boys Catholic school that, you know, he had to pay for. Uh, and start, you know, college isn't too far off from that at that time. So, you know, the stresses are there. It's tough because you, it is a gamble. I mean, there's no guarantee. You could have the best idea in the world. And a lot of it's timing. Had we launched Fitvine 10 years earlier, it would not have worked. I mean, timing, you know, was a lot with just overall consumption of food. I mean, you see the dynamic shift. And this is the stuff we were watching. Like a big aha moment for us was, I mean, this is now probably 12 years ago, but when Walmart jumped in to selling organic foods. It took them six months to become the largest reseller of organic food in the world. So we're like, okay, this shift is not going away. This is not a fad. This is not the Atkins diet or whatever else. I mean, the sh consumption of sugar has shifted. I mean, you you'd walk into a grocery store 10, 15 years ago and it was Coke and Pepsi and that's about it. I mean, now you walk into most grocery stores, you have a hundred foot long, you know, cold aisle or refrigerated aisle that's cucumber water, kombucha, fresh, you know, squeezed juices, whatever it is. And then this little one foot by one foot soda area, you know, people have made that shift. So a lot of it was timing of when, you know, to launch that brand. I mean, and luckily for us that it was good, but no, it's tough. I mean, there's, you know, we started it with uh, our own money. We didn't take outside capital as we were growing. And, you know, again, in an industry, as I mentioned early on, that's a three tier system, you know, you have, net 30 usually turns into like net 90, <laughs> you know, that struggle of accounts receivable and what you're putting out. And I mean, we were hyper growth. Our first two years, we were doing it online only. Whole Foods called us. And when we launched in retail in 2017, we launched in five states. By the end of the year, we were in 42. So just hockey stick growth. And there's not enough money coming in fast enough. So, and it was really, it was Tom and I by ourselves. Uh, we had a handful of people that were working for us as brokers. So trying to manage their teams and what we could get out of them. 
And then, you know, coming to 2018, we had to look at each other and say, okay, this is continuing hockey stick. Now we got to go find money. And so that, those are the challenges and that balance of taking all your capital, putting it back in and, you know, your family seeing you do that and structures of, you know, it doesn't take much in a business that, you know, I mean, unfortunately, uh, you know, COVID was catastrophic on a worldwide level, but how many businesses never recovered, you know? So, you know, going into, uh, you know, quarter over quarter, when you're, when you're running off of accounts receivable and, and growing as fast as you do is a tough balance. So, you know, on the entrepreneurial side, I mean, there's a lot of grit that goes in before you see the success. Yep. It, it lands so hard. Uh, and guys, as you're listening to this, you know, pay attention to go back over, you know, the laundry list of, of things that we deal with in life and that entrepreneurs deal with in life to make these decisions. Divorce, teenagers, private school, payments, mm-hmm. launching a new brand, mm-hmm. yeah. the glamour, you know, of, of it all, yeah. the stress, the, the anxiety, you know, that yeah. goes into all these things. And we can say these things now and kind of chuckle about it a little bit, you know, but this is the stuff really that you've got to pay attention to at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And you got to look at and go, okay, am I built for this? Do I want to, you know, take on this challenge? How long, by the way, and we don't even know. This is a marathon. I mean, it's a sprint. These are high failure rates. I don't want to dwell on, on the negative, but the opportunities that are there mm-hmm, have to be, you draw that line down the middle of the page, you know, they have to be evaluated with what's on the other side, you know, here. Yeah. yeah. And can I physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, spiritually, you know, work my way through this because the yeah, flip side I, is the paycheck, the benefits, the 401k, you know, the somewhat of a check in and check out. You don't have to wear it all, you know, 20, yes. 24, seven in yeah. there. Yeah. Really, really the big, great stuff. Biggest component inside of that is all the things you just mentioned, your health. I would say anybody who's going to jump on who hasn't done this yet, uh, check your health first and, and make sure that you've got in line stress relievers. You know, you don't have to be in perfect shape or this and that, but if you're not getting some form of exercise, if you're not getting some sort of mental relief, whether you do yoga, whether you do CrossFit, whether you meditate, uh, you need to have your body be ready for massive amounts of stress. And as you know, I mean, stress can be more damaging than eating a horrible diet. So that I would say, you know, someone who's not aware of, of the negative side of things and going to, into, into doing uh, entrepreneurial work, is understanding that the stress that will come with it and being able to prepare your body for it. I mean, there's a lot of things uh, that you're going to run through that's going to be taxing and you have to be able to physically, mentally, and emotionally be able to work through that. But physically it, it takes a toll on your body. Total. I, I think it's a, I think it's a great point. You know, I had written down as you were talking, you know, quality control, mm-hmm. you know, there, um, as this company is growing, experiencing hockey stick like growth that you talked about, you know, I was writing down, you know, quality control, both the product, you know, yep. and the brand as you're traveling around, experience hockey stick growth, chasing money, doing all of these other things, quality control that you and your partner had to maintain on the brand, but also quality control on the person and the partnership, as you were saying, your health, your routine, the ba- the relationship, you know, there. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, you know, both what you guys did to ensure that as the brand was growing, quality mm-hmm. was was maintained because anyway, that's paramount, you know. Yeah. 
hustle, grind, sell, continue growth. And you find out, wait a minute, we took our eye off the prize, which was the actual product itself mm-hmm. and people liking it. And then secondly, you know, you mentioned about health. What is your quality control routine look like for you? What do your days look like? What is your routine? How do you and Tom balance, you know, the partnership of I got to step out and go and go work out? Because I also imagine, you know, going from a competitive athlete type condition to being a competitive entrepreneur type condition, mm-hmm. something's got to give. Yeah, on a bit yeah. yeah, on the product side, I mean that from day one, uh, we knew, you know, I mean, we laughed. We said, you know, can we turn this into the Mick Ultra of wine? Uh, I never thought that we could get, you know, to, to be as big as some of these brands that we knew in, in creating the brand, we had to start with that vision that if we could ever get that big, the wine has to be the same from bottle one to bottle 10 millionth. So, you know, we, we spent a lot of time, and, you know, Tom had a, a friend that he had known from years before that was uh, a winemaker in California. Uh, they had met when he was doing tech stuff in California. And so we reached out to him and, you know, the fourth generation out in Lodi, California. Uh, and they've been, uh, you know, this is what they do. So, you know, we, it was not going to be Tom and I starting to, you know, squash grapes with our toes. You know, we know how to, we know how to sell and we can market. So let's bring in, you know, a badass who, you know, focuses on quality of, of wine. And so that was really, you know, a, a focal point for us. And we told them like, this is what we want to do. And it took, we, we drank a lot of shitty wine, you know, it took us a while to, to get where we want to go. But that was the idea of, you know, can we craft wine that at the end of the day has to taste great and quality has to be there. Then does it have attributes, less sugar, less sulfites, less tannins. You know, if we started with those things first, you know, it's, it's not going to work. So um, we found the right partner and, and we have the, the right area of where we do things. So, you know, we know that and quality has even improved as we've, as we've, you know, got better at this. I mean, it's really our, even our own taste profiles and understanding the feedback from our consumers. I mean, because that's where we've stayed tight is we've been consumer first. You know, a lot of alcohol brands come out of these massive companies and they come up with an idea through a focus group, whatever, and just shove it through the distributors. And they're not always paying attention to the consumer because we started inside of gyms. I mean, we were pouring, like you said, on the sidelines of DT or D10, we were in CrossFit gyms, we'd be in yoga studios, mud runs, anywhere anybody would let us pour wine. I mean, pretty much almost every Lululemon in the Northeast, we'd be there Sunday nights for a VIP fitting with 50, usually 50 women trying to close enough corn and wine. So all that feedback we would take in of what consumers really wanted in the taste of their wine. So that's over time, you know, we've continued to hone in on that to improve our, our taste, but quality has always been paramount. Uh, on the partnership side, you know, Tom and I have now worked together for about 15 years. He was a competitive hockey player, played through college, you know, towed his, wa- uh, his way into the Canadian league for a little bit. Uh, but we are polar opposites. I mean, if we're not left brain and right brain, you know, uh, I don't know what is, you know, he's the creative side of things, you know, his, his brain functions much differently. I'm operational uh, and organization, but at the end of the day, we always have the same end game, but that differentiator that we have of, of our approach helps balance each other out. Um, and, you know, we, we always have spirited fights, but they always end because we're irritated about something and trying to get to the same end goal. So it's not that we're thinking, you know, differently. So that's that's been a balance for us. But, you know, the the release of tension, I mean, our office here in the Northeast where our sales office is, we built a CrossFit gym. So if it's those stressful days, stop, get on the rower, go move a barbell, go do something, go for a five-mile walk. I mean, it's 
that's really the balance is knowing when, uh, you know, stop, breathe, let's go work out together or go work out separately or something. I mean, that's really the crucial thing is that, you know, there's always going to be issues and you can't fix all the problems, but sometimes just taking two steps back and getting out some of that stress is, is the best thing. Yep. Having the healthy outlet um, is a common theme mm-hmm. when we've got guys on the show. And I think, you know, even for myself, you know, we default to health. Mm-hmm. Tell people, you know, you get asked a lot, well, you know, what would be the one thing you would start with? You know, if you want to change your life, if you want to transform, if you want to, you know, reframe or redesign, you know, the position you're in, whatever you're doing, what's the one thing that you would, you would focus on? Mm-hmm. And I always say, and, and, and it's, it is lined up in almost 200 episodes each, it comes back to health. Mm-hmm. If you are defaulting to health and you are prioritizing your health and your wellness, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, your chances of success, I think, are, are infinitely greater mm-hmm. yeah. than if you're defaulting to unhealthy habits mm-hmm. or unhealthy routines. Mm-hmm. You know, you make the analogy of, of, you know, even the Lululemon stores and, and wherever it is, you know, I'm telling us all the time, like certain things just don't add up. You know, you see somebody decked out head to toe in Lululemon. If they're walking down the street, smoking a cigarette, it just doesn't look right. You know, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Or, you know, they're in line at McDonald's, you know, or they're picking up a certain kind of alcohol, you know, or whatever things, the more you, all of this stuff is connected. The way you dress, the way you look, the things that you default to, the products that you put in your body or on your body, things either look like they fit and they, and they authentically do, or they look a little, you know, out of place. And so somebody like yourself, a co-founder of Fit Vine Wine makes perfect sense to me. If you say, look, I get a little stressed out during the day or certain things happen. I'm going to go into the gym that I built. Yeah. Okay. So let's, to, to that effect, I want to talk to you about the name. You know, also obviously synonymous with health and wellness and, and, and fitness. When you decided to do this, talk to me about the, 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 the possible names, how you landed on, on FitVine, but also, you know, when you start having those conversations in the three tier system, the distributor, the sales, I'm like, are you going to do what? Do you, are you attract the audience you're repelling, you know, or the consumers you're repelling versus in a way the opportunity and market and audience you know, and consumer that you're trying to attract. Yeah. I mean, for us, you know, in in the initial part of the name, it was how do you convey, because, you know, in alcohol, you can't use words like health uh, and other things. I mean, you know, they'll shut you down. So they cannot be a direct correlation to any health claim when it comes to alcohol. Uh, You know, if you're, you can get away with it a, a little more when you get into some of the lower alcohol things like seltzers and stuff like that, because once you're over a certain level of alcohol, you only report to the FDA and the FDA is a lot more lenient. You get over a certain level and you report to a group under the ATF called the TTB, who is extremely strict. So where we are with wine and, you know, all spirits, you report to the TTB. So they're extremely strict. So we were trying to find a way of trying to connect lifestyle to wine. And so, you know, when we started, you know, we started inside of gyms and, you know, we've got a running man in a bottle. So people would be like, well, do I have to work out to drink this wine? And, you know, is fitness, is it fitness wine? Uh, and really the name fit vine was more about balance. So how could wine fit into your lifestyle? Because we could line up our customer base. Our customer base goes from early twenties into its eighties. 
I mean, I have, I can't tell you how many uh, folks that are in their 70s and 80s that buy our wine that love our wine that are able to drink it because it doesn't have negative impacts on them with whatever stage they are in, in their health. So, you know, that part of, of the name was really about balance. How does wine fit into mm -hmm. your lifestyle? And your lifestyle can be whatever your lifestyle is. It doesn't have to be a CrossFitter, an Ironman triathlete, a marathoner. It could just be your mom who crushes it every day, getting the kids, you know, going and running the household and doing what you're going to do. So that was really uh, the idea about the name. Getting that across to, you know, we'll call them the dusty old people in the industry was not easy. I mean, for the first two years, distributors wouldn't pick up the phone. They would just laugh. Yeah, have a nice day. You know, and so that's when, you know, we saw the consumers and how much they loved the wine we were selling it direct and we were going to all these events. So we said, okay, let's go around the distributors. So what we started to do is just tell our consumers, start going into stores and asking for it. Well, within a short period of time, then we started getting inbound calls from stores and then it was Whole Foods. It was the first national chain to call us. And they said, how, you know, we've got dozens of people coming into our stores around the country asking us, how fast can we get it? What can we do? So then they helped us get our first round of distributors because you know, mm. as tiny as we were, well, Whole Foods is a massive, you know, chain. These big distributors are not going to say no to Whole Foods. So that's what kind of got the door opening for us. And so then we just poured gasoline on that and made, not made, but, you know, kind of drove our marketing to have our consumers be, you know, our our salespeople. So as, as we kept growing, they just kept going in. And it really started with Whole Foods regional buyers calling other regions saying, you guys got to get this in. And that's kind of what morphed us into you know, going to being a national brand in less than 18 months in all 50 states. And it was the consumers. And that's still what we drive today. I mean, we, we focus on, you know, driving that information to the consumer. And they're the ones who continue to go in and ask restaurants or ask retailers or ask bars to carry it. And, you know, now we do have the support of the distributors because we've grown to the size we are. But that that's how we, we kind of circumvented them because, you know, they just, you know, if somebody has been in the industry for 40 years, it's easy just to say no. Uh, and so that's, you know, a lot of what we got in the beginning was they'd look at the label and be like, nobody would ever put this on the table. I don't like it. Any reason they could give you that, that you know, it was uh, a no because it's easier to say no. So that was kind of our workaround to then force them to say yes. And now we've got all blue chip distributors around the country and we've got the top guys fighting over trying to buy each other up. <laughs> mm. Good, good problems to have for sure. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. The problem problems of prosperity, and I think what it comes down to, you know, is making healthier choices. Really, just having the opportunity to make a healthier choice. If you are going to drink alcohol, you can get into the you know, alcohol versus non-alcohol, and there's a you know, jumps in, in non-alcoholic beer, and, and I'm involved, you know, we know with another, with, with, with eight beer, which Tori Aikman is doing, and then Bobby, you know, sends me fit fine wine. I think what it, and the lifestyle, I think what it also really comes down to is you have an opportunity to make better choices mm -hmm. as a consumer. Again, caring about what you put in your body. Mm -hmm. My wife is going to drink. She loves the Prosecco, as I said. She loves, you know, loves the white. I am not against drinking. I don't drink a lot. But when I do, I would like to have the best in class, the healthiest it's going to be, something that's not going to get in the way of my workout, my schedule tomorrow, because I prioritize, you know, mornings and daytime over evening, you know, time without sacrificing, you know, flavor. And you and I think it just comes down to making better choices. 
Exactly. I could buy this over here, which is not as good for me, which contains mm -hmm. all of these things. Or I can buy this product over here, which is made for somebody like me, you know, who actually really gives a shit you know, about this and wants to tell everybody else and doesn't want to go to somebody's house that's going to be serving something when I can even bring myself, like, gifted to them just constantly. You know, we pay attention mm, to the lifestyle you know, that we're in. And that's kind of a 24-7 perspective, you know, on it. We want to shout that from the rooftops, whether people really want to hear it or not sometimes, you know, overall. But, you know, that we care. And the nice thing is we have opportunities now to make those choices because of Fitvine, because of eight, because of other, these entities that are out there that, that give us just a better option. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that circle is growing. I mean, early on, Greg, it was, you know, the you know, the, the nucleus of people that are hyper aware of everything they're putting in their body. And it was in, you know, I want to say it was a layup, but it's a lot easier to, you know, uh, when you're talking to an athlete and you're like, well, yeah, if you tell me to eat cauliflower rice instead of regular rice and I'm going to be three seconds faster on the bike, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. I don't care how good it tastes. Uh, yeah. You know, that was kind of the nucleus of core, like people who, whether are CrossFitters or Ironmaners or marathoners that still wanted to have a drink. Uh, but as we've grown and, and opened up to the general public, that's where the general public who's now in, you know, one thing that, you know, hopefully is stay sticky post COVID opened up a lot of people's eyes of, Oh sure. shit, I better make a few lifestyle choices here because there are things that can come from outside that uh, if I'm not in the best of health or at least in, in better health than I was a year ago, I could be massively impacted or unfortunately, you know, mortally impacted. So I think that's opened people's eyes a lot more to saying, yeah, if I just cut out a couple of things here and, and get rid of this processed food or do this and that, oh, great, I can still have a glass of wine. It's not, you know, that crazy type A switch where it's like cut everything out. I mean, you, you know, you've been in fitness your whole life and you know when, when the trainer would be like, well, cut sugar, cut this, cut that. I mean, most people have done it three weeks. They don't survive. But now is it, are people saying, well, if I, you know, go for a walk at lunch and I maybe, you know, cut out some of the processed foods here and I can still have a glass of wine tonight, and I feel better and I'm healthier and I'm, I'm not going to be you know, impacted by some of these things, that's a win. Yep, it is. It's these smaller daily positive action steps that we can take that, yes. that add up to, to the long-term you know, big results. Not yes. telling you not to drink at all. Knowing you when it is that you want to drink, we're offering you a better product you know, that's there, that's in greater alignment. And I think what you started with, which is absolutely spot on, is that this is no longer... It's not a trend. It's mm -hmm. not a small, you know, elitist in a way percentage of the population that lives this way. Like even how Whole Foods started, you know, yeah. the original customer and client of, of the original Whole Foods has now become mainstream. Everyone's shopping at Whole Foods. Used yeah. to be oh, healthy, only the healthier people that were interested in organic, were willing to spend more, do everything. Yeah. And now it's the common market. In a way mm -hmm. that everybody goes to opportunity to make better choices or better decisions that are out there that are no longer fad trend you know, barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. We don't think about these things. You know, they're now top of mind. They're here to they're here to stay. Basically, yes. you know? they're, they're absolutely here to here to stay. Um, which I think is amazing, and and the way it it should be.
The Midlife Mail podcast would not be possible without the support of some incredible brand partners. I only recommend brands I use, believe in, and trust, and each brand was handpicked by me for a specific reason. I believe in these guys not just because they're great companies with great people behind them, but because the stuff works. I use these to stay at my peak, and I suggest you do too. So go over to midlifemail.com and click on special offers for exclusive Midlife Mail discounts and promotions. How long has Fitvine been in business? So we launched in 2015. So this will be our seventh year. And what's the size and the scope of the brand now? I mean, we're still considered the fastest growing wine brand in the U.S. Uh, you know, we're, as you mentioned, we're about 40 million in revenue. You know, we'll do um, approximately 400,000 cases of production this year. Um, our goal is to cross a million cases annually uh, in the next two years and continue to grow from there. I mean, it's, you know, our, our ultimate goal is, is if we could uh, bring Fitvine into a legacy brand, you know, a brand like Kendall Jackson. I mean, Kendall Jackson has been around for 40 plus years. It used to be considered Nancy Reagan Chardonnay. Uh, you know, and they're still selling 2 million cases a year. So, I mean, ultimately that's where we'd like to end up is, is a brand to stay that's going to be around for a long time. Mm. Direct question, but I am a simple one. How does that feel? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to sometimes step back and, and see where it's at. But then when you get emails, I mean, we still get hundreds of comments a, a, a day on social media and, and dozens of emails a day from consumers that, you know, I mean, they say it's been part of their journey of you know, changing their life, whether because they made lifestyle changes or whatever, and they've got healthy again or lost 50 pounds, or this is the only wine they can drink because they don't get headaches, flushing, whatever it is. That's when it kind of, it hits you. It's like, wow. I mean, you've got a product that people really feel, you know, is, is kind of tied into their lifestyle. And, and so, you know, that's ultimately the goal. If we can have a positive impact on people's lives, whether it's just stress relief or it helped them along their journey to get to a better place, then that's a win. I mean, that's, uh, you know, for us, that's priceless. What are you now, about 43, 44? Just turned 46 last week. 46. Okay. Happy birthday. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> What's your personal goal plan? You know, what do you see around the bend for yourself? You know, uh, personally, I mean, I, I feel like we've families in a good place. Boys are both doing well in school. My eldest is a sophomore at the University of Tennessee. He's studying aerospace engineering, wants to go work for SpaceX. Uh, my youngest is a freshman in, in high school. So they're both in a good place. Um, you know, my wife and I have talked about this. And, and I would say, tying back to the entrepreneurial piece, part of that is your partnership. You know, you're... you're your loved one that's with you, you know, what is their mindset of it? Because it, you know, it's just as much stress on them and they have to be along for the ride. So, you know, the, some of the balance we have is, you know, we've got a gym we built in our house. Sometimes her and I are working out at nine 30 at night. Uh, you know, and that's just because, you know, days have been crazy and, you know, still want to get something in, but that kind of helps us de-stress. It may not be a crazy workout. It may just be us getting on a rower or the airdyne bike or something just to move and talk to each other while we're doing it. So that's a big part of balance is, is you know, the household balance. Um, where does that take us from here? I don't know. I, I don't ever see 
myself being fully retired. Um, you know, Tom and I have a couple other things up our sleeve that we'd like to launch in the, in the you know, coming year or two. And where does that take us? Uh, I don't know. I mean, five, six years from now, I mean, are we in the thick of it every day? Probably not, but in an advisory role or something, or, you know, do we launch a fund that we can help other brands, you know, get out of stage one or something? All those things would be on the table. Um, I mean, right now we're still, you know, enjoying growing this brand. So I haven't really looked to, you know, the finite other side of it, but um, I don't think there's an end anytime soon. Still competitive, you know, do you put things on the calendar athletically? You know, if it's, I, I'm just, like I just got back from high performance lifestyle training a weekend in New York um, that Brian Mazza puts on. So we did some SEAL stuff. We did some CrossFit stuff. We did a bunch of get outside your comfort zone. Um, you know, and I like to try to challenge myself, put something on the calendar every quarter, whether it's physical, you know, whether it's even restorative on there. Um you know, what do, what do you do, whether it's vacation, whether it's physical challenges, um, you know, kind of perspective on, on that, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, balance there. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't competed, you know, in competition now in probably six, seven years. Uh, time-wise, I wish I had the time to add something in there. Really what I've done, you know, my, you know, our boys have, have kind of followed right into our lifestyle and, and you know, love working out and play sports and stuff. So uh, my youngest has now outgrown my oldest. <laughs> so, and, you know, I've had him on West Side Barbell uh, on a lifting program because he wrestles and plays football. So once he got out of wrestling this past winter, uh, I put him right on a West Side Barbell program specific for football and he put on 25 pounds in about four months with a couple of growth sports. So the competitive nature has really come in house. You know, my oldest just came back from college last week. So, We'll work out together. Uh, you know, they cannot lift me yet, which is a good thing. Uh, they can out-metcon me. I mean, I don't have the lungs of a 15 and a 20-year-old anymore. But, you know, that's we'll, – we'll, we'll keep it to uh, in-house competitions to, you know, give us a little – you know, a little competitive set in the households, uh, which keeps it fun. And it keeps them, you know, interested in, in staying healthy. I mean, and we talk to them about it. It's not about being a Tier 1 athlete. Uh, or anything like that. It's really just about, you know, engaging in a lifestyle that, you know, keeps you, keeps you moving. And, you know, my oldest, uh, he played football through high school and then, you know, went to Tennessee, which is a D1 school, was not going to play football there. And, you know, he showed up and it was still COVID, but they were half open and uh, they had like 15 volleyball courts set up. And he just, you know, didn't know anybody rolled out there and he actually played and played well and ended up in some league and met a bunch of girls and guys he became friends with. And I'm like, Nico, that's what it's about is that I'm like, what if you meet a girl that's, you know, likes to mountain bike or likes to hike and you're in good enough shape that if she says, hey, let's go for a five mile hike. You're not dead in mile one. And she's like, I can't hang out with this guy. He's a slob. <laughs> so it's really just, you know, being able to move on a healthy basis. And if you go play pick up basketball or something else with your buddies, you're not dead for two days because, you know, you're not 25 pounds overweight. So that's, they've been able to see that and they've seen some of their friends and especially my youngest, he's, he's a lot more in tune to it. And some of the kids that he's watched grow along with him that got heavy and he's like, Oh dad, I can see his ankles starting to collapse in and he's already having knee issues. And my buddy's had two knee surgeries. I'm like, unfortunately it's because they're not growing 
uh, and a healthy rate or their body's taking more impact than it should because of the excess weight, these are the, or if they're eating bad, like, you know, bad diet and a kid's trying to grow, you know, ligaments and stuff can be weak and playing something like football, they get hurt. So he's seen a lot of that. That's kind of got him really tuned into, um, you know, just trying to, to focus on, you know, good stuff. I mean, you know, obviously we, we don't hinder them from things, but you know, they don't drink soda or anything like that. I mean, they eat paleo and I mean, a, a lot of healthy, I mean, we eat all grass fed organic. I mean, they're eating two, two and a half pounds of meat a day. Uh, but you know, my wife will make them like paleo treats. So if they want a cookie or this or that or whatever, they're not grabbing what's on the shelf with 87 ingredients. Um, so they're still enjoying being a kid, uh, but noticing, you know, how much better they are. They don't get sick and they can perform in sports and they're not getting injured because of just moving correctly and, and eating well. Mm-hmm. The leading by example, you know, which I think is, is so important. Again, having two boys in mine are, are close to yours, 15 and 18. You know? okay. And kind of instilling healthy habits early you know? yep. and in trying and also allowing for them to, you know, experience you know, setbacks, failures, some trial and error too. Like, hey, how do you feel when you eat this, drink that, do this, and then have to show up? Or by the way, you know, when you're 10 and 11, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, you hop out of bed. You don't need to warm up. Your body's a, a rubber band. You just get out there and play. Well, here's what's happening now at, at you know, at 13, 14, 15, 8, you know, puberty, post-puberty, you know, yeah. JV versus varsity, you know, level yeah. competition, you know, yeah. and what's and what's out there and how your bodies are changing and how you need to react. Again, what do you see your mom doing? Mm-hmm. What do you see your dad you know, doing? Over time, listen, I'm not going to force you into the gym. I'm going to force you to eat this, you know, to eat a certain way. We're going to, I'm going to show you there's a body of work here. You know, there's some evidence to this. Yeah. You want to put up some numbers. Yeah. You want to put up some weight. Here's some things that we can just show you what works and show you what doesn't, what you do with the data and the facts and what you're seeing is really, you know, up to you. Exactly. So uh, to the exact point, my oldest, uh, and he had started playing football when he was five, but he was just, he was the size of a corner and the speed of a linebacker. So he just, you know, it was just not, not the right fit on defense for him. And he struggled with it because he just, you know, but I would give him the same things. Here's what you should do on the track. Here's what you can do strength wise. These are things that can make you faster. They can do this, but I'm not going to do it for you. I'm not one of those crazy dads. that's going to force you to do it and drag you out, whatever. If you want to start, like you said, when you get out of JV and play varsity, if you want to do better, here's the path of what you need to do. And he didn't do all of it. And so he, you know, didn't have the outstanding high school career that he wanted. And, you know, going to college, it was more about uh, engineering and he wasn't going to play ball unless he went to a D3 school. So my youngest saw that and he's got a much different personality and he's a lot more OCD and he's on it and he's growing and he's now at 15 bigger than him at 20. And moving the same way. They're squatting the same, deadlifting the same. And now my oldest son's like, shit, <laughs> had I listened to dad? And I'm like, Nico, it's okay. I don't care if you haven't played football again. But take those same aspects now into college when we're telling you, if you want to come out, because SpaceX, for example, my business partner, Tom, looked up. He's like, hey, you know, an intern to SpaceX, you need at least a 3.5. Well, aerospace engineering is an extremely tough program. 
I mean, he has to do six classes a semester instead of five. I mean, it's it's intense. And I'm like, so if you just kind of half-ass it and you want to get a three, one, three, two, that's fine. But guess what? You're never going to work for SpaceX. So that same kind of discipline that I try to get you to understand during sports, you now have to apply this here as an adult. Because if you want to come out and go work for them or go to a nice grad school and then work for them after, you have to hit certain levels. I'm not going to do it for you. I'm not going to be down at school and taking those tests. And if you don't hit those, that's okay. But don't be mad at yourself after the fact if you just chose to kind of skim through. I mean, that's kind of the lesson is that, you know, they have to understand if they're setting those goals, you've got to put in the discipline to attain it. And if you don't, you only have yourself to be mad at. It's, you know, we're trying to at least point out the path. It, it's so true. And these things do not happen by accident. Mm-hmm. And they can be applied to everything. We could be yes. talking about the growth and development and idea to execution of Fit Vine Wine, and we can come full circle to talking about you know what we're doing with with our boys and what our boys need to do now you know, in college to get to the next level, to the internship, to the job, so on and so forth. Um, you know, pillars. You know, you know, I talk about preparation, consistency, and accountability. You know, there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as as the three pillars, and how can you maximize all of those pillars? And the subcategories, you know, underneath of you know, having a roadmap. If you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. You know? Can you aggregate, curate, and eliminate kind of what is serving you in life and what is not? You know, from these experiences, these conversations, these things that are going on. Uh, you know, what are some of your you know, pillars or mantras? You know, that you apply both at work professionally. You know, and and in a way, take home and live the same way with your family. I mean, work-wise, I mean, it, you know, I, I'll go back to my days of, of martial arts is, is, you know, I wasn't always physically the, the best athlete. I mean, it, you know, flexibility for me was awful. You know, it took me two years to be able to get into splits where some people would show up in a week, they're there. It was outwork the person next to you. I mean, it, you know, it was, and, and we, same thing. I mean, with Fitbine, it was uh, seven days a week, you know, and it still is. I mean, you know, for us, it's, we're, as an independent brand, it is, we're in a very tough position because you've got brands under the massive beast of like Gallo or the wine group or whatever. So when we go in, even though we're still a hot brand, you go step into, you know, uh, a blue chip distributor and we're less than 1% of their P&L <laughs> against Gallo who could say, well, we're 40% of your P&L. Here's a new brand and you need to put it everywhere. That's tough. So we have, we're going to have to outwork them and outthink them. And so that's really, uh, I mean, the driving force behind our brand is to continue to find ways to, I mean, the corny way of thinking outside the box. But, you know, when when our box is, you know, very traditional, we have to find ways to get outside that and around that. So being creative to get to our consumer and help drive it um, and trying to, you know, take that to the household. So trying to, you know, as you showed, like you said earlier about fitness and, and leading by example try and do the same thing with, with our kids is leading by example professionally and showing them how hard, you know, my wife and I work to get things done or get where we're going to be that if they want to succeed in life, it's not going to be handed to them. I tell them all day long, go watch Warren Buffett. You know, he's sat as one of the top five richest men in the world and he's never given his kids a penny. He didn't turn around and say, well, here's a billion dollars. You can just sit home, you know? So we've kind of given them the same mindset that there's not going to be a handout no matter how successful these companies are, you guys are going to have to earn your way. We're going to make sure you're not on the street, but there's not going to be something waiting for you on the other end of, you know, some golden arches. So kind of leading by example of what hard work has to be done. And, but showing them along the way that 
in putting that work in how life can be enjoyed. You know, I, I talked to that about my older son, you know, while he's in school, like Nico, there's a big difference of you coming out of college with no debt. And if you've worked hard, you've got a fantastic job in your early 20s that you could travel with your friends and do all these things, opposed to a lot of kids that come out and sitting on a mortgage for a debt. And they have to go live with three or four people. And then five years down the line, they go meet somebody they want to marry. And that person has debt. I mean, that's a stressful marriage to start out with when you're both sitting on, you know, tens of thousands or potentially more of debt and you're trying to start a family and you're trying to buy a house. I'm like, that makes things very tough. So understanding, like you're saying, those pillars and the hard work and where those kind of line out and how they begin to progress, they don't really change as we get older. They're just around different formations. You know, if it went from high school to sports to college to now working profession, you know, kind of setting those things align along the way. And if they can stay focused on that, it makes things a little easier. I mean, you know, we've learned the hard way. We've made a lot of mistakes and <laughs> go a lot of bumpy ways. So just trying to guide them to not make as many mistakes as I did is, is the goal. I think stuff is, is so, is so great. And we could sit on, on the personal for probably two hours also you know, there, <laughs> raise, raising kids, you know, relationships, co-parenting, wives, kids, college, high school, transition, jobs, career, all of this, which I think is, is so fascinating. But I also really think what it does is when you get an opportunity to speak to men like yourself, uh, it makes the wine taste better as we talked about. <laughs> um, I think it creates a stickiness. I think it creates a brand, a brand loyalty. I think it invites the listeners and guys that are out there that are hearing this now and maybe learning about FitVine and Mark for the first time to give it a try. You know, when you hear these messages, when you hear these stories, when you know what goes into it, mm -hmm, what do we, want? we want to support those kinds of people. We want to support those kinds of brands. We want to support those kinds of products and bring them into your lifestyle. Make them a part of, of your lifestyle. We have choices and decisions that we can make every day. Make better ones. You know, Go out there, aggregate, curate the best in class, things that you enjoy, putting again on your body, in your body, around. Eliminate the shit that doesn't work. You know? And to that effect, you know, keep it simple. We're talking about simple organic ingredients here. Mm -hmm. We're talking about you know, a product that simply will deliver better, you know, for you. Made by people now that 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 you know. Um, I just think that's what it's all about. I think that's that's part and parcel with making this next phase of life our best phase of life. Yeah, learning from these experiences. The successes, the failures, the growths, maybe even the hangovers, you know, and the, more, you know, the, the swapping again, nighttime for day, all of the stuff even that I've experienced over time that says, yes, you can, mm -hmm. you can enjoy the glass of wine. You can enjoy a better one. Yep. You can keep it to a certain number. You can wake up the next day and still perform at a high level. You know, there is a way to do this if you create an operating system mm -hmm. and, and, and a lifestyle and continue to use the things that support it and deliver. So Mark, I want to thank you. I think this has been, this has been amazing. And, I, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to reconnect, you know, and to, and to hear where you're at. It's just so amazing what you've done. I, I just get a real, real joy out of seeing brands and, and guys like yourself. Like when you meet early on and you go, okay, that guy really fucking kept his head down, you know, yeah. eye on the prize, got it done. And it's like, that, that's awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. it was, and it was great to connect. And I look forward to doing more with you and, you know, and hopefully is, is the stuff we're going to, you know, bring forth with, uh, you know, with Bobby and the beer and stuff like that. We can, we can partner together more and maybe get in a competition together uh, yeah. soon. 
you know, Absolutely. I didn't get a chance. So we're to close. Like I'm closer than you. Like I can't wait. I, I think it's kind of ironic. Like, like I actually can't wait to hit 50. You know, I'm 49 right now. I'll be 50 in, in December. Yeah. And there's this kind of badge of honor right now. Like, oh, when I click over to 50, I'm the young guy again yeah. in the age yeah. bracket. You know, back when when we hit masters in CrossFit at 40, yeah. Yeah. 40 was a lot better than 44. You know, like being the old guy. Like you yeah. want to be the young guy again in the older guy kind of bracket. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'd love to partner up on something or, or, or do something, you know, out there, um, kick around these opportunities. You know, again, high performance lifestyle training was, was, you know, it was awesome. Could be a cool spot for you and for Fit Vine, you know, yeah. where, climbing Jesse Itzer's equivalent of Mount Everest in August in Utah. You know, what are you going to want to celebrate with at the end of that? If, if, and when I finish, you know, so I think there's a lot of cool stuff that's going on, especially for guys like us that I talk about, like there's more ahead. Just keep Mm -hmm. looking ahead, keep moving forward, keep looking ahead, stay active. I'll read it back. Never let the fear of striking out, keep you from playing, playing the game. You know, it's uh, it's it's right there. And guys, I say this too. My own is, you know, you don't stop playing because you grow old. You grow old because you stop playing. So uh, yeah. this this yeah. was awesome. Mark, you're welcome back anytime. And I look forward to doing more with you as well. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Where can people find you as we wrap this up? Where can they find you? Where can they find Fit Vine Wine? Let's make sure to get them, uh, get them where they need to go. Yeah, we're in all 50 states. We're in Canada. We're going to the Caribbean right now. Uh, you can buy us online at fitfinewine.com. We have a store locator, so that's probably the easiest thing. You go in, drop your zip code, and it'll show you all the stores within you know a few-mile radius of you. So uh, online, on-store, on every delivery service, Instacart, GoPuff, Amazon, uh, they all carry it as well. But we're in over 25,000 stores nationwide, so they should be able to find it locally. That is Awesome. All right, guys, go get yourself some Fit Vine wine if you haven't already done so. Let me know what you think. I always want to get the feedback. If you have liked what you've heard on the show today, please give us that five star rating. Leave us that nice review. Give Mark and Fit Vine a follow. Subscribe to the podcast, the newsletter. Get it dropped in your inbox every week. You can find everything at midlifemail.com. All right, guys, I am out of here. Thank you so much. Have a great week. If you're interested in coaching and taking this conversation deeper so that you can achieve your personal and professional goals, be sure to head over to midlifemail.com and check out the work with me page to explore options.